Good evening, everybody. It's Ricker. It's Bond, your it's favorite me. pals. We're back with more content for you to consume. It's going to be a great episode. We got uh, a lot of stuff. You know, we're talking about that crypto that went three. We got a, a juicy interview you should probably listen to after this or before. It's before. Um, and uh, yeah, I uh, just want to say I love you and uh, keep it up with the fitness because you're looking good. Ethan Turr, author, renowned interview, Ricker and Bond. Go over to Instagram, Ricker and Bond, rickerandbond.com, subscribe. Tell three people you love that you love this podcast. And if you really love it, hop into Discord via Instagram DM. Say, hey, I want that Discord, baby. I'll get yeah. Enjoy. Thanksgiving's coming up, and this year for Turkey Day, my bookie is giving you plenty of reasons to be thankful, starting with a $250 risk-free bet on Thursday afternoon when the Dallas Cowboys host the Las Vegas Raiders. Yes, sir. Bet that spread between the Raiders and the Cowboys at my bookie. When you win, you win. And if you don't, my bookie will refund you up to $250. So simply put, you can't lose the bet. And that's what I call no risk, all gravy, because, you know, like, turkey. Get it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using promo code RICKERBOND at MyBookie. That's promo code RICKERBOND, R-I-C-K-E-R-B-O-N, to double your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000. So you won't need to break the wishbone to be the one to come out ahead. Ayo, feast risk-free on Turkey Day with MyBookie. Make sure to stick around for seconds as they gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odd boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. Yummo. to a juicy juicy delicious episode of ricker and bond it's another good one we have another one jam-packed with knowledge value so you better listen to the end and definitely take some notes because this one's going to be super super good today we got ethan turner renowned author of the next gold rush the future of investing in people is that correct mr turner uh yeah, almost. My last name is Turr, but... <laughs> oh, my goodness. Already botched oh, it. Oh, man. Damn. You know, you know, man, sometimes you try hard and you just got to fall flat in your face live. Dang, dude. All right. Dang it, dude. Well, Mr. Turr, I apologize deeply. Um, That's right. People get it wrong all the time. I'm honestly just used to it by now. <laughs> it's, it's, very, it's one of those things where you see the word and it's like, obviously, that's that word. My brain's seen it a lot. So it's that. Uh, 
Ethan, E-T-H-A-N-T-U-R-E-R is how you spell it. Yeah. How long have people called you? Excited, excited to be here. Thanks for, thanks for having me on your podcast, guys. Yes, sir. You, the pleasure is ours. How are you doing today? I'm good. Really good. Um, yeah, I'm actually speaking on a panel later today, which will be fun. So this is like a warm up. <laughs> First nice. panel, many panel or what? Uh, yeah, it was, it's this other crypto company called Harmony One, and they're having an event in Irvine, California, and they're like, hey, do you want to speak on a panel with us? And I was like, sure, that sounds fun. So I think I know Harmony. Is it, is it, uh, can I see it online? Yeah, yeah. they have a website, it's like harmony.one. Um, they're like a competitor to Polygon, so they're kind of in that part of like layer two solutions for Ethereum. They're making uh, bridges for something, aren't they? Yeah, pretty much. Cool. For um, Ethan, Ethan for, for the people that don't, that don't um, um, are familiar with you, can you, can you explain what you do in a couple, a couple sentences? Sure. Uh, so I wrote a book during the pandemic. Uh, it's called The Next Gold Rush. Basically, when I got into cryptocurrency in 2018, um, I was working for a startup and they were just like, we want to do an ICO and like, you know, I didn't know anything about crypto at the time. So I was like, all right, I'll just do some research. And then I fell down the rabbit hole and I came out of the rabbit hole with this big idea for social currency that doesn't exist yet. So it took me until the pandemic to be like, how can I scale this idea and get it out there? And so that's why I decided to write a book explaining it, um, which I'll be talking about today. And then now I'm kind of in this like interesting web four space where I just feel like that's the future of what cryptocurrency will be. And it's exciting to be like on the cutting edge. I mean, everyone's like doing something really awesome. So I'm not saying that what I'm doing is going to be like, I'm just saying it's a different, awesome thing that I'm working on. So, yeah. So um, a lot of people obviously hear the phrase web three thrown around a lot. What is web four? Yeah. So it's funny because I actually learned about web four on Twitter. So you know, take it with a grain of salt, I guess, because <laughs> I feel like uh, it's not a commonly used term yet because everyone has their own definition for it. So that's my uh, disclaimer before I explain what Web4 is. Uh, basically, I'll just like walk you through like the whole like evolution of like the internet real quick. Okay. Um, it started off as like a static thing where like you just had like web pages you can really interact with, right? That was Web1. That was like in the early to late 90s. And then Web 2, you had these giant companies that created like interactive websites, like social media platforms, but it was very siloed. And it was like giant companies like Facebook and Amazon, Google that like controlled all of the data. So now you have like these centralized companies that are controlling everything, but you also had mass adoption of the internet. So that was Web 2. Web 3 is now the decentralization of all of those things. So Basically, everything is, you know, be, can be disrupted with Web3, right? Uh-huh. Everything that we've, we're used to already can just be the same, but decentralized and like more more peer-to-peer like the internet was supposed to be initially. And now Web4, I, I believe Web4 is the ownership of the internet, right? That's the extra layer on top of Web3, which is basically the fact that you can do the same activities you're doing now on the internet, but you can actually be incentivized to, to do that with like tokenization and ownership of those activities. So if you're on Discord all the time and you're making a community grow, 
then shouldn't you be compensated for that those actions that's those are the uh the questions that i like to uh, address and i hope that like there'll be more opportunities to just like maybe even quit your job and do internet full-time where you just make money like through tokenization of communities and ownership of those communities so that that's the exciting thing happening with web4 do you think that compensation just looks what does that look like does it look like different crypto for different communities or how, how does someone envision that so I, I'm a little biased here because I, I wrote a book explaining how I think Web4 will, will roll out. But um, I think right now what's happening is the tokenization of communities, like you said. Um, I think there will be a more standard approach to Web4, which I'm hoping um, is my idea for Challenge Coin. So if you want me to explain what Challenge Coin is, um, I feel like the fundamental problem still that we haven't addressed in society is that people don't control their value right? It seems like a very simple idea, but it really is like this fundamental thing that our economy hasn't fixed. Like basically everything you do since the day you were born, your value has been decided by your employer, you know, your whatever like industry you're in, like basically like even the stock market, like all these things that you do, there's other entities deciding what your value is. But if we had a cryptocurrency that you could create, Right. So like for maybe Ethan coin, for you guys, it would be John coin and bond coin. You guys could essentially crowdfund your lives. And through that way, you'd be kind of creating like a stock market for people. So instead of, you know, being reliant on someone else deciding what your time is worth monetarily, you would have your own currency where a market would be created around it. And so you could drive up demands just like we kind of see with like the ICO market. Like you have people that are very interested in investing in these projects based off of, you know, the demand of them. So if you could, you know, basically turn that into like a peer to peer system where I'm just investing in you, John, and you're investing in me, like we're cutting out every middleman that exists, right? You don't need a business or bank or government to tell you what your value is. Now it's just going to be us determining each other's value, which seems like the most simplest way of starting web four and like the metaverse and everything is that, you know, we should have this basic premise of cutting out all of these institutions that are just taking a cut. We don't need them anymore. We have decentralization. We have the blockchain. Why not just implement that like at scale? So everyone has their own currency and then build from there. That's what I think web four is building from the idea that every person now determines their own value. And then we don't need all these institutions anymore to take a cut from us. And so it's like creating a new economy on top of our existing economy. I have a question you might be able to answer. Um, So I made a TikTok kind of explaining basically what you just said. And uh, a lot of people in the comments, a huge concern for them was, so like, how is that going to stop people or organizations with already a lot of money from like, buying 51% of a coin and still controlling what they want to control. Right. So I, I hope, cause this is still like an idea. Like I just wrote a book about it. I haven't actually developed it yet, but in the book, I explained that I think that this stock market should be only for people. Like, I think this should be the first one where we don't allow bots. You can't like create a hedge funds here where like someone's doing, um, what's what's the marginal trading what's the high frequency trading like i don't want that kind of shit in this market i feel like we all have 24 hours in the day right 
even if you start off with the advantage of like already like having a lot of money, you're still limited by your time, right? Mm-hmm. So you shouldn't be allowed to game the system like we do in our current stock market and have you know computers basically manipulating the market. I feel like the the most equitable way to create this market is that you have to verify your social identity, right? Like a proof of humanity to get into this. And so if you have a proof of humanity, then you have more of a level playing field where even the like, you know, Jeff Bezos is of the world who have all the money in the world, they're still limited by their time. And so they're not going to have the time to, you know, research all of the good early investments of people. Right. And I don't think this, this market would even be worth his time anyways. So um, people that have already won in our current system, they don't need this new economy. This isn't for them. Right. They already have, you know, taken advantage of our politics, our banks, like they've won, like they don't need to rig another economy. I think having this economy only for people where you need to be like present, like not have some computer or like, you know, have another person do everything for you. um, I feel like that's going to be essential to creating a successful economy here, which is why I wrote a book about it, because I could see how this idea could turn into that bond. I, I feel like it's very easy where someone could be like, oh, this isn't this doesn't seem that complicated. Let me just throw this together real quick. And then it turns into this huge dystopic thing where we have basically the same system that we already have. But now it's just, you know, with the illusion of like decentralization, I'm really hoping that by talking about it now, like before it's created, that we approach this the right way, which would be cutting out all of the things that have rigged our current systems. That's what I'm trying to avoid. That's a really interesting model. Would you would you cap it? Would you have a monetary like uh, wealth cap, or is it or is it not matter more about how much someone how much capital someone has? You know, uh, that, that's a good question. I I don't know to be honest. I yeah. I feel like based based on what I've considered, like I don't think a wealth cap would be necessary. Um, I I feel like it's honestly the most free market we would ever have, right? If it's you don't have like an SEC getting involved telling you to like to stop, then really it's just supply and demand, right? So if people don't want to invest in you, they can sell your coin. If you if people feel like you're overvalued and your coin is overvalued, and maybe, you know, Elon Musk, for instance, has an Elon coin, and people are like, well, Tesla's really overvalued, and that's pretty much all he's getting his wealth from is Tesla, and he's already selling Tesla stock. So maybe I should just sell my Elon coin. Like that's that's what will probably happen is that it will naturally like kind of correct itself. So I'm hoping that there doesn't need to be a cap. I think I think people will be the judge of whether or not people are overvalued or not because it's it's like a stock market, like I said. How will um, how do you think most people will um, migrate to this decentralized web? Because because um, all this all this uh, decentralization web three web four stuff is like on the back end, and the average Joe just doesn't care. Like, mm-hmm. what is going to be the thing to push everybody over to the next step, do you think? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, a lot of conversations I've had about, like, mass adoption, uh, people always think that NFTs are going to be, like, the next thing for mass adoption, right? Like, there's there's always things that get, pe- get people's interest. Um, but fundamentally, if we wanted, like, billions of users into that Web3 space, we need something that every person has a stake in, right? Like if people don't understand like Ethereum and they haven't even taken the effort 
at this point to look into Bitcoin, why would they start now? Right. Like Bitcoin keeps going up. It's like, you know, hit like an all time high of over 60,000. Right. But if people are still like, oh, that's too complicated, then Bitcoin's not going to be the reason they enter the space. Right. So what is it going to be? I, I feel like something like a social currency could be the thing. Um, I don't have a crystal ball, so I don't want to like presume anything, but I feel like if every person had their own coin, right. And that coin could be connected to their social media profiles. Basically, it reflects their digital reputation. Maybe they create TikToks and instead of a Patreon where you can donate to them, now you have a currency you can invest in, right? It fundamentally changes the relationship between the influencer and follower from a donation model to an investment model. I think that shift in thinking would be very transformative and would, uh, would interest a lot of people. And I, I hope that that will help with mass adoption, but um, I think at the end of the day, like regulation will probably be the thing that determines whether or not everyone starts using cryptocurrency or not. Yeah. I was racking my brain around that, that thought. And I was trying to think of a way, cause like your grandma probably wouldn't be interested in crypto because of like currency incentive, you know? And there's always the currency incentive, which is kind of like like monetary incentive for getting into crypto, which is probably like why 60%, 50%, a good portion of people are into crypto and blockchain tech. Uh, maybe it started with speculation and it turned out into like, oh, this is really cool tech or the other way around. But I, I was, I'm trying to actively think how and why people that are non-tech savvy and not super incentivized by speculation would be interested in getting into crypto or blockchain like if if your grandma your grandma probably like at this point uses a phone but she doesn't know how the internet work and she doesn't really care but there's things that live there that she's still into and will actively engage in where people on the blockchain right now that doesn't really happen yeah i so have you guys heard of the adoption curve it's, it's like an entrepreneurship um, thing. So like right now we're still in the early adopter phase for Web3, like decentralization. Like if you're in this space, you're still very early into, I think, what is it like? Not even like 300 million wallets or something in the whole world. It's like we're yeah, still like, like not even close to a billion yet. Like we're still very early into the adoption of this space. So that being said, everyone that's in this space right now, um, we're not thinking about like, oh, this needs to be super convenient to me, right? There's a lot of things that like, even just, I have like a hardware wallet. It's not a very intuitive thing to own, like have the power of your own bank and the responsibility of your own bank. Like a lot of people that are in this space, they don't want that responsibility. They want to be able to like call their bank up and be like, I don't understand what I'm doing, help me. Like that convenience level, we're not there yet in cryptocurrency. So. I think what you're talking about, John, we need a lot more infrastructure. We need a lot more convenience. We don't want people to be confused about what an NFT is and have to explain to them what a non-fungible token, like all of these conversations we're having, they're very rudimentary. And um, I think if you want your grandma to use this space, you don't want her to like understand what the blockchain even is. You want her to just be able to use it just like she, you know, press call, call like John, right? Like that's all she does, right? She doesn't think about how it's connected to like satellites and how the data is transferring across like the world. Like 
none of this is going through her mind because she doesn't need to. It's super convenient. That's where we need to be is that super convenient stage. But that's, you know, more of a late majority part of the adoption curve. And we're not going to be there for like maybe another decade. So um, it's with, with products, like if there's not products that behoove people to use it or like a grandma to use it, then it, it doesn't really exist, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's especially, I was, I was listening to this, um, I was in a channel and it was like a, like a ladies night thing. And, uh, some were like elderly, not elderly, but like 40 <laughs> year old females and some younger females and, and just kind of like even, not even like female, but just non-tech savvy people. And they articulated to me in the server, but I was there, <laughs> um, like the 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 friction that I haven't seen before, just because you know, we probably grew up with technology. We grew up with, and like even if you did grow up with technology, the people that are using just the mid level blockchain, they're not devs, but it's it's somewhat intuitive to internet kids, especially like gaming and and just new technology. It's somewhat intuitive, and you can dive in, and and you don't like mind researching the like semi esoteric things that are like tech esoteric. Um, but like, I'd i never been articulated the, the thought of like, yeah, this is, <laughs> it's pretty hard to understand. Um, and, and that accessibility was very interesting to me to see. Um, and, and also what you talked about, basically like customer service of blockchain stuff is also a very interesting take on it. Um, it, it goes, kind of back to products of if you have good products that people want to use but yeah. there's like that responsibility thing too like some people a lot of people in this space do want the responsibility of like taking back responsibility from other institutions most people in the world probably don't want that responsibility you know um so it's, it'll be interesting to see where like a customer service for a blockchain product comes in yeah you know in my book i basically structure every chapter as like a chronological like talking about the past and how that informs the present and then what I think that will do for the future. Right. So that's, that's the whole structure. So if you take that model and you apply it to our conversation right now, I feel like the easiest thing I can point to is like the early two thousands, right? Right out, right after the dot-com bubble, right. The internet was still very basic, Like We still had, you know, people don't remember like what Amazon was. It was like, you can only order books and it was like, wasn't two day shipping. It was like, you know, it took a long time and also it was costly. Like all these things people forget because it was like 20 years ago. Right. And so people have like a short term memory, but if you look at what the like 20 years ago looked like for like the early ages of the internet, that's basically where we're at now with the crypto space. Like we're, we're actively like developing it and like building it up and it's changing a lot faster. I think I've, I've seen a lot of graphs that like compare crypto adoption to like internet adoption and how we're basically on like the same adoption curve, which is interesting. I don't know how that will hold out in the long run, but um, I think if you look at 20 years ago, the internet, that's exactly where we're at right now. It's, it's very much like only for people who are early adopters who can are willing to take a risk on something that a lot of people don't understand. Right. But also it's not really built out yet. It's not convenient. It's expensive. Like you look at gas fees on Ethereum, like everyone's complaining about it, but that's so because expensive. we're still, we still, we're not there yet. We're not at like mass adoption. Once we get to the point where like gas fees are like 
not important like where it's super convenient and like cost effective and we have like we're trying to build that with like polygon and other like bridges but even if you look past bridges i feel like it's not convenient to the point where it's going to lead to mass adoption once we get there where it's just like you don't even have to think about it and it doesn't take that much effort to like get into the space that will be the inflection point and we're not there yet but it i i just like to point to like 20 years ago like it wasn't that long ago but the early days of the internet do you remember dial up do you remember how you would have to oh, like, really, make noise? it was so annoying <laughs> like the aol like the eh, like it's just like static noise Couldn't that's the what phone. the internet was like it wasn't that long ago and we've obviously developed it a lot more and it's super convenient now we're like having a podcast over zoom like who would have thought of that video calling that wasn't a thing 20 years ago mm. so we've we've made a lot of progress in like just the internet as a whole and that's where we're headed with cryptocurrency and blockchain but we just need more time i feel like people are just they need more patience it's gonna happen it's just not we're not there yet would you consider um i don't want to say this bigger than the internet i like to i personally like to compare it to like the app store because the app store people think it's insignificant but it created like entire industries created billionaires millionaires all that would you compare that more to the creation of the app store or more like the beginning of the internet compare what blockchain or crypto uh just like web3 like decentralized internet ownership yeah it's more internet for me it's less, it's less product-based, but it's still kind of an infrastructure where people can make the product. But like the app store. internet infrastructure in my head. Yeah. It's hard to like, I feel like parts of Web3 could be compared to the App Store. I think if you're comparing all of Web3, you would have to compare it to all of the internet. Um, it's just different. You know, it's, it's, it's weird to compare things that are just like fundamentally different and that it's like comparing like, the modern car to like horses and buggy like it's it's really that much even different. more different than that <laughs> yeah it could be even more different you're right it's it's kind of just reworking how society views something which is like digitalness how do you um because i i i i love trying to explain this to people that are that will listen but some people just like they just refuse to get it What's the simplest way you could explain this transition? You already kind of did, but like, how, how would you explain it to like a 10 year old maybe, or better yet, a 55 year old <laughs> who like understands the internet, but like, doesn't know where it's going. Yeah. It might be the same explanation. Um, let's see. I would say that the world is constantly changing and the internet is changing way faster than we could have ever imagined. And this is just the next iteration of what the internet is going to be, which is fundamentally just peer to peer, right? It's just people connecting with people and everyone else in between those two things is now not necessary, right? We don't need a bank anymore. We don't need the government anymore. <laughs> We really cut out every um, middle middleman, right? Every person that tries to stop people from interacting with people on the internet. That's that's where we're at now. So we're finally back at, uh, in, at what the internet should have been originally, which is peer to peer. We're finally back at that original um, goal, 
And now we're just trying to like build it up for the world, right? A global peer-to-peer network. Awesome. Nice. I think that's a nice place to end. I think you got any, uh, a last sentence of words of wisdom for anybody listening? Words of wisdom? Uh, or anything you want. I don't know. You could say. Yeah. Whatever. Even though I'm biased on what I, the web for, uh, it will be or where we're headed. Um, I, I love meeting people and interacting with everyone in the space. I feel like everyone's passionate about something they're working on. Um, it's hard to like take my own advice, but like, don't listen to the haters. I, I feel like it's very easy to criticize right now because no one knows where we're headed. And so everyone acts like they're an expert, even though no one's an expert. So if you found something you're interested in, like I did with social currencies, like keep working on that because we're still so early that you could like make a name for yourself in like these cool niches on like the decentralized space. So um, yeah, just keep working on projects and connecting with people. I feel like, you know, we have a peer to peer network, but I think networking is really crucial for how we, you know, build out like and connect with people. So um, I try to be as accessible as I possibly can, which is why I was like so excited to like talk to you guys today. Um, but yeah, don't feel free to connect. Um, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Awesome. Thank you for coming on. Ethan Turr, the next gold rush, the future of investing in people. Uh, where would you like them to buy it? Uh, that's a good question. I, I I think Amazon, even though it's like the biggest conglomerate and I probably shouldn't be supporting them. Super um, centralized. Super centralized. centralized. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you want to, I've actually had people buy it with Bitcoin and like, it, it's not the conventional route, but I'm also open to that if that's what your audience prefers. So uh, just reach out to me on like Twitter. It's Ethan underscore Tur. If you'd rather buy my book with crypto, otherwise I would direct them to Amazon. Let's let's build the the, the book chain, dude. You gotta yeah. you gotta build a decentralized book buying platform, which is Amazon in its infancy. There you go. Yeah, let's just like disrupt Amazon. I think that would be nice. Damn, that's like the <laughs> library when you open the book and you see like all the people that like checked it out before. Mm. That's that's Stripe, free Stripe idea out a, there for you guys. Stripe, the payment processing has a really cool uh online like publishing site. You might want to look at that as like 3D books. You might be interested. Yeah. Anyways, Ricker and Bond, everybody. Thanks for listening to Ethan Turr's interview. Go buy his book, The Next Gold Rush, the Future Investing in People. Ethan Turr on on socials uh, and we'll have links in uh, the podcast and Discord as well. I think you're in there. So we'll give you a nice cool role that says R&B guest. Sweet. Appreciate it. I was in a Discord the other day mm-hmm. and uh, someone played, uh, linked a song that was like a dubstep song. But it was like, I'm not really a dubstep guy, but it was a cool song. And I was like into it. It was pretty like well produced and cool. And uh, I was listening to it. I was like, man, I miss college, bro. I miss just like that because college was the, the just the time where there was just a lot of electronic music and fun things dancing, dude. It's not college specific, but that's what that's what I was doing back then.
I'm working at an electronic show, <laughs> music show today. I'm not looking forward to it. Uh, the uh, the the beauty of not having to to see everything every day. The but beauty of scarcity. I don't have to like work on it. I'm just sitting in the office, like doing whatever I want. But I still hear it, which sucks. I might go pick up some AirPods Pro with noise canceling. I fucking lost mine. Wow, that's that's kind of the reason why I don't have AirPods. I. I don't do it anymore, but I used to listen to things going to sleep and those things would be gone in like two weeks. I wouldn't know that they'd be on the floor, but it's so fire, like but. necessary. Like, oh God, just using these things takes me 30 minutes from the thought. I want to listen to some music until these things are in my ear, just untangling fucking trying to Why like, are you so tangled because they're cables. Because you just put it in your pocket. I don't really put mine in my pocket. Cables do do that, though. There's a there's a physics equation behind it. Rick here and Bonnie, everybody. Thanks for listening to that Ethan Turner interview. A little egg on my face, man. His name's not Turner. Yeah, you really fucked that up. Jesus. Yeah, way to go. You literally just, just botched that important He's not going to fund my project now. We'll never work in Hollywood again. Billions of dollars. I'm never going to work in the San Fernando Valley again. <laughs> God damn, dude. LA Boys for Life. That's what I'm saying. Shout out Ethan for holding down the West with me. <laughs> biggest takeaway. Uh biggest takeaway. Uh I want to read the book because I've never heard web the term web four before, because we're like not even at web three. So I want to see. Yeah. Cause like my thing was like just the- everything he explained was web three to me. Yeah, that's what, when I when I first talk to him that was my impression as well of like own so his web four is owning things like owning your own value and i would still say that would be web three but he does have a point where it's like people are still developing this stuff (laughs) so you could also say that web three is just the decoupling of internet from centralized things and once you have that then you go on to the next one but i I would i would put the digital ownership of of value still in web three yeah like, but I'm sure there's a solid Twitter thread that says, hey, dude, this is Web4 and you guys are lame, dude. You guys heard about Web5? <laughs> it's nuts. It's in your blood. Yeah, speaking of that, dude, you want to get this? I have a headline, right? Yeah. And I, and I wrote about it. Twitter has a really cool newsletter thing where you can oh. like make a newsletter called Review, I believe. R-E-V-U-E. When you see that like subscribe button on people's Twitter, look up John Ricker on Twitter. What's hopping? What's popping? Um, but kind of in that same vein of like, he was saying that everybody's like impatient. My sentiment on this, on this newsletter was like, there's really cool technology happening, happening. And this, this was with like a, some, like a bio, like a chip that could read temperatures with ultrasounds, super tiny ship chip. It's a tinier than a, a piece of dust. And, uh, this team from Columbia uses ultrasound uh they've done it in mice they can read uh temperature and and some some vitals but what i've been thinking about was like the like i said i've said on the podcast before if you know your metrics of of your biochemicals and your dopamine and stuff and whatever makes you tick and happy you can hack that so you can do like just activities that are progressing you towards the goal and uh, some of that sentiment was like there's really cool technology happening and there's really smart people making this stuff and I can't make it off top myself. <laughs> but 
it seems like everything is real, real slow going. People yeah. like all of this stuff has been thought of like in the fifties and I understand infrastructure and all that, but it's just, you know, there's, there's things that I, I feel like America especially is able to innovate faster with technology and there's other countries doing a lot more stuff and faster. Um, a lot of people are saying you go to other countries and there's a, there's a lot more tech in the country than there is in the United States. But this headline was, uh, uh, I think so. I think we're doing pretty all right. A lot of people you go around that have traveled and some people that live there, they've said there's a, there's a ways behind from the U S to other countries. Like I, what? Can't, I don't have any anecdotes myself, but you have to ask them. Oh yeah, that's right. You can teleport in the London airport. You can just you get in this booth and it just like takes your molecules Doctor and send who? it to the other. I like Doctor Who. Yeah, it's that. I mean, I was in the airport and they had a little robot a couple of years ago in San Francisco, and there's been robots other places for like years. It was a dumb little robot. Was it? I was gonna ask. Was it like a robot that actually helped you get through the airport faster? Or was it just a novelty it little was just thing? About beer, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just a, uh, you, you know that that smart dog that people had in two thousand five, the robot dog. Yeah, it, it was the big that one. Uh, it was like, yeah, big. Oh fuck! Oh, spot or whatever it was called. Yeah, I, I think wanted we, one. Of we brought. I was a rich. I would buy one for sure. It was, it was a too. little plastic dog. Uh, but it was like that, but for like, yo, know, dude, what kind of, what kind of beer would you like right now? Or wine, which is cool. Talking about products again. That was a big thing too. I've really been racking my head around how you onboard mass people onto blockchain technology. It's just a killer product. That's what I'm saying. No one cares how the internet works. They care. They, what, and, and that kind of leads into like, what do people, what do old non-tech savvy people or young non-tech savvy people who are learning? Or, or, okay, so two things, right? Uh huh. You have old people, non tech savvy. Yeah. Let's say that's that category. And you have young people who are just like learn, not tech savvy, but are growing up in it. And so they're still kind of like learning technology, just like as you do as like a, like a, a first grader on a, on a computer in 2001 or whatever. Uh huh. Um, so those are two categories of like the outskirts easy but still appeals to power users what do you mean that could be a thing too because like so when we're when you're describing a product that's going to bring mass <laughs> adoption okay i'm thinking immediately of the iphone immediately of facebook so iphone super easy to learn but people that are super into phones still use it because it's a really good phone and you can like you can do some powerful stuff with it facebook pretty easy to learn for old people if you're a power user, you can hop into Facebook ads, do a bunch of stuff, you know. And those are two products that brought a lot of people, first of all, online, and a lot of people to like the cell phone world. Warren Buffett, super old, not very tech savvy, said something along the lines of like the, the iPhone is the best product ever created. And he said he, that he, he should have invested in an Apple and that's his biggest regret. Yeah. And now he owns like what, 2% of it or something? But he, he says that uh, he doesn't invest in stuff he doesn't understand, which I understand. Like, I, like I, and you kind of, we talked about it with like the Starbucks thing when you're bringing that up. I understand uh -huh. that. But also like, and, and there's that, there's that, the, the friction, like I brought up 
in the interview portion of there is a, a big like accessibility thing that I didn't see for people before. And so there's that, but I mean, you can learn about something. <laughs> like yeah, that was, I mean, all he does is read all day. Yeah. That that was kind of like so I was I was in this I was in this ladies' night thing and they were like they weren't really okay, so there's a couple there's a couple friction points, right? One, it's crypto super fast, super masculine right now, and very like speculative driven for the most part. So it's like people having to act super fast. And so there's there's that kind of fear. Also, like the the old portion of like getting new technology, that the fear aspect is very important for me to try to figure it out right now. Um, and I think that does just go back to good value of a product. Um, but they're also saying um, like they, they just, there wasn't a lot of exposure of similar people getting into crypto, which I also disagree with because I know, I know a lot of female influencers that are doing crypto stuff. Um, a lot of female influencers are in crypto. Yeah. And it, some of the people that were- And they're all killing it. They're, they're all gaining audiences with like, less content than the males yeah, yeah. i think um do you do you know any names off top i only know like two names i don't know any names off top but i follow like a good amount on tiktok and they have like 15 talks and like five hundred thousand followers this one chick she was on the la blockchain summit her her titles uh uh like like crypto teen or something but she's yeah. a stellar interview dude she's a like a rock solid like on-camera personality. I try to discuss crypto with as many people as I think would be interested. And I think throughout my years, maybe one woman has been like interested in what I had to say about crypto. The other girls just don't care. That's interesting as well. Yeah, so I don't know. Tech stuff? I don't know, maybe tech is... Uh, is tech stuff, why, money why stuff, is tech, investing. Why is, why is tech masculine-driven? I don't know. Uh, tech's always kind of been like a big boys club. Well, why? It doesn't. That's not like innately masculine in nature. Besides, uh, besides okay, but if you if you take away like infrastructure of it, sure, there's like it's nothing but dudes. But like tech I, seems pretty okay. Made. This wild theory, wild theory, and maybe this is more so not now, but like in the past, like they didn't allow females to do stuff in the fifties and stuff. Well, yeah, that that obviously was it. But I was going to say, like, you know, a lot of the people that, like, built Silicon Valley and these <laughs> billion-dollar products were, they were nerds. They, like, didn't have girlfriends. Like, Bill Gates was a fucking loser. So oh, I'm thinking, like, revenge, dude? they're not fucking getting any any kitty cat anywhere. So they're like, okay, what do I do with all this brain power? We build something awesome. So you're saying all of the technology is built on the, the non-courting of women? I think so. I I read I've heard, I've heard theories that like the biggest like uh, civilizations in the world were just like people like that like redirected their sexual energy to like something else. I I I, I think there definitely is something for that. Um, if, if you know a book called Think and Grow Rich uh, by Napoleon Hill, one of those classic like book readers books. Um, <laughs> yeah. He, he does talk about the, like the transmission of sexual energy, um, towards not just like, cause it's a very powerful, like energy for biology, you know? Um, yeah. and if you redirect that, just not towards like, just like 
sex or courting women at like at a at a bar in in a in a modern day sense and towards something else uh then you do kind of have that like that drive for making things like working out or something but uh yeah the the transmission of sexual energy is something that is an interesting theory as well mark zuckerberg be like well i can only beat my dick five six times a day so let me just build facebook real quick yeah i mean first let me build a website to rate women (laughs) and then i'll build facebook i was reading a book and and they were talking about how the the original college facebook just turned out into like like a dating thing not not on purpose but uh you know innately yes that is i mean that is something to be said for that of like if you if you don't have like a like a biology partner to put energy into then you put it, put it into, into something else. Or, yeah, and it could be destructive or productive. Yeah, just like anything. Everything can be either or. And I think even, uh, I mean, even having a, a, a partner uh, could be destructive or productive. I know a lot of people have made productive things based off just drive for providing for family. There was this TikTok, and it was a stitch. It was this girl, this young woman... And I guess she was like a STEM major or like a computer engineer or something. And the TikTok was like along the lines of when you're... Is it the futurist chick? Is she uh, like a light-skinned black lady? No, but I do follow her. Yeah, that she's, chick is dope, huh? I try to get her on the pod. She ain't hit me up yet. Oh, good luck. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, she's, she's a lot of followers. <laughs> no, I'll go um, her. I'll go her. She's that uh, dope stuff, dude. Yeah, I was like, wow, I didn't know Futurist was a job. Well, I guess anything can be a job. I mean, you have a million followers. Bro, the, the, fu- the Futurist thing is a thing. Like, a thing, a thing. Yeah. Okay, um, so, you know, this girl was like, oh, when, you're, when your male coworker, computer junior coworker, doesn't get the hint that you don't like him and he keeps oversharing. And then it cut to this guy was like, okay, I want to explain this. You have a bunch of people in computer, computer engineering degrees who have no experience with women because they didn't get any sex in high school and college. And so they redirected all this energy into like engineering and building products and stuff. And now they're in the workforce and they're around these women because more women are entering the field and they don't really like no boundaries. So it's coming off. It's awkward and it's coming off as weird where in the past, when um, in the past, if they were like, men that were like doing okay with women like in the area and they saw a guy like struggling with a girl they're more likely to be like hey man try this differently hey man let's go to the gym hey man uh maybe don't like ask her this but instead because the workforce is like quickly going to like almost half women the women just view it as like super creepy and super unattractive and nobody's like correcting these men's behavior so it's like you're having like a lot of issues in the specifically in the tech workforce interesting i was like well that's really interesting. Uh, you just need a you just need a uh a uh a, a tech wingman like i said brothers there's, there's there's a niche in crypto uh man counseling yeah yeah oh god i love <laughs> i love the comments of those What's the man canceling TikTok? The man canceling and the women canceling. So it's just a battle of the sexes. I mean, engagement's engagement. Sometimes I like, sometimes I get a a woman being like, listen, ladies, this is how you actually get a man. 
<laughs> men don't like it when she, they're usually straight up. They're like, men don't like all this boss girl shit. Men don't want to compete with their woman. They just want to provide and call it a day. Like don't compete with your man, blah, 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 blah. And then you look in the comments and some of them are like, okay, I'm going to try this. And some of them are like, no, fuck that. No one can keep me small, blah, 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 blah. And then you go to their TikTok and they're just like, just ranting about men and how they can't get a boyfriend. I'm like, okay, maybe there's a correlation here. There can, there can be both. You can be big and the other partner can be big too. I found uh, the comp, but that competition thing is weird. You, you do see a, like a push um, and, and rightly so because it's overcorrecting from the past, but of very like, uh, uh, you know, women empowerment, all cool. It's valid because it has been very taken power from the past. But I still think that healthy families especially, but have a dynamic of, of like give and take. Yin yang. Yeah. Like you, you and, and this is kind of just for like male female relationships and it's probably similar for other relationships, but I still think having some stereotypes of masculine and feminine in a family is, is warranted. It's like, just like really unattractive when your girl tries to outman you yeah it's sure. like i can imagine it's kind of like when the man tries to out woman the girlfriend like mm -hmm. i don't know what is that one <sighs> what's a good example like they can't make a decision they're not a natural leader like i, I might get a little heat from this but in my experience the women I've dealt with are much happier when you make most of the decisions, when you don't say, what do you want to feel? What do you want to eat? Where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Say, no, this is where we're going. This is where we're eating. This is the plan, you know? Because sure. no, no one wants to make decisions. Like, you're the leader. You fucking do it. But, yeah, but then, like, you, you switch the roles or, like, the roles, which is what a lot of modern society is trying to do. And you can see, you can see the results in a lot of the relationships, a lot of the relationships, the woman loses respect for the man, the man gets insecure, and the dynamic is just kind of off. And yeah, basically, that's all I got to say about that. I think, you know, it has to be healthy, but it has to be healthy. I also, both things can be unhealthy. Like, like, and you can also, like, there, you can, have power in like not being an alpha in a family yeah like as a woman and even as a man too there's 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 scenarios where you have to be like all right she definitely has to make a decision for this right now and i have to be okay with being like all right this is this is a decision i have to take a second backseat on yeah like if it's something like i don't know something with the kids or something she probably knows best it doesn't even have to be just kid related. There's there's certain things that certain roles in any society you have to be humble enough to be like, all right, this isn't this is this can't be my call. Someone else is either smarter or more adept in this field and area than I am. Then you, you continue from there. God, I will, dude. Some people's like shit is such a mess. I came across this couple. Their whole thing is being polyamorous meaning they allow each other to sleep with other people. And I came across this couple and the girl was like talking about how 
she has another boyfriend with her her main boyfriend. They've been together for like 14 years. So she has another boyfriend and she's sharing finances with the other boyfriend. <laughs> and the guy yeah. I with, never thought about po- uh, po- polyamorous lifestyles with fi- with finances. I only bro, thought about sex, huh? <laughs> such a mess. Okay. And then you have this guy, the main guy, he's like, hey, I don't think you should be sharing finances with another man because like what if i give you money and then you give him money and i just imagine her just with like just like but like super on her accounting though <laughs> she's just like well i got i gotta give like seven percent to jim dude because you know it's just it, that's just where it's going right now yeah and then you go i go in the comments and it's just a w- bunch of women telling saying who does he think he is telling you what you should who you should share finances with that's because you're sharing i mean he has some kind of right because he's sharing a life with you yeah it's like well they live together too like that's that is what it is like there's there's certain things like i said you have to be humble enough to like hear another partner because you're literally sharing an existence with someone that guy just seems so powerless yeah there's a there's an aspect of that as well and i don't know there's like i don't know that's a that's not a situation i want to be in personally but i also don't care if other people do yeah, I will. I will in, uh, induce in the theory, engage in the theory. Dude, That's like, funny though. I never thought like about reality finances, show. man. You think yeah, most messy. of these people are younger? I feel like most of these people are younger that have these opinions. They were in their thirties. I th- I think that's I don't know. I, there's some some people that I know of from like school that were kind of like that. And polyamorous? No, no, no just theories about. What, what I would see as like an overcorrection of, of relationship theories. Um, and then they, as they got on with like their thirties, they kind of changed their minds. I think that might be par for some people. Also do whatever you want, dude. I don't care. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to just make sure I'm happy and the people that I love are happy as well. And most of the time, blocking out other people's noise is part of that happiness. So enjoy, enjoy the sounds. They're implanting chips, bro. Where? Just in your body. I brought it up. This is the dust thing. But uh, they, uh, they can show your vitals with a, a tiny bit, a tiny little chip they implanted in you. Oh, Less than 0.1 cubic millimeter. They have put it into rats, and you can monitor glucose levels and oxygen saturation. Very cool. Biohacking. Shout out climate like, hey, tech. You probably shouldn't drive today. You're still drunk. That'd be cool too. Like that, it's just very plausible. To me, as, a, as someone who doesn't know a lot of things about a lot of things. And then it just goes straight to Jeff Bezos' servers. <laughs> Dude, um, in in two weeks we're having a dude on the show who uh, he's the, I think uh, I'll have to check, but he he works for uh, a project called Presearch, which is a decentralized search engine. Uh-huh. Uh And and I want to get his opinions on on data servers, man. At the end of the, like people, okay, I wanted to bring this up with Ethan too, but I didn't. I just forgot. Um, there's still giant institutions pumping money into crypto like it's not it's not and a lot of people have this like ideal idealism of it 
which what people might have wanted where you know you have like it's completely decoupled from any government or corporate institution it's very not like there's there's it's it's very not decoupled 100 percent but yeah but the difference is is like it's really easy to see if the transparency uh, is is immense yeah and And I also Even have, though it's like technically control, it's controlled in theory because like most of the stake is controlled, but it's not like controlled the way it is now. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't flip it off with a switch like mm-hmm. you can now. Mm-hmm. I have thoughts about will Web three and oh, so I'll bring this up first. I'll bring up the headline first. Um, Square, you ever heard of it? Uh oh. Never heard of Squ- look at Jack Dorsey, bro. <laughs> Go to Discord. Look at him ugly. Bro, look at him without a beard. Is he back? Is Jack back? No, he's not. He's not without a beard. This is this is a uh, this is November. This might be an old picture, but he looks like a little little little, little baby Jack, dude. It's not lone. It's not um, Square, right? Square CEO is Jack Dorsey, also CEO of Twitter. Square is a, a payment processor for. I think it's supposed to be small businesses, but uh, not positive exactly. But Jack Dorsey under Square has a new decentralized Bitcoin exchange called TBDEX, which is a protocol that seeks to improve the on-ramp rails into Bitcoin. And they released a white paper, I think yesterday, the November 19th, 2021. Um, the statement said, we believe the economy should be inclusive. We need to build on ramps to this future where everyone can access and participate in the economy. goes back to what I was saying. The, the biggest gap right now is onboarding people into blockchain. Make a good product for that. Like Square probably definitely will. Uh, and and you, got a, you got a nice little business there. Uh, the TBDEX protocol aims to bridge the gap between the fiat and Bitcoin worlds, given that most people still receive their paychecks in fiat currency and pay taxes in fiat currency. The project aims to make it easier for those who want to convert their debasing fiat. Whoa, whoa, way to just hit fiat in the freaking gut there, Nasdaq.com. That's your whole shtick. 6.2%. What 6.2%? Inflation. <laughs> for appreciating uh bitcoin in the purest free market market possible it's from nasdaq.com dang dude nasdaq and oh, it's from bitcoin magazine okay <laughs> um bitcoin magazine that's really interesting they uh they want to make that fiat into bitcoin a little bit easier dude and dude, with square doing that man homie said get square a long time ago and and i've been blindly long on square for a minute but stuff like that is, is the, the validation of homies theories how many shares you got that's a little handful but uh not the not the best entry i gotta wait for a little dip again but uh solid foundation friend sells having covered calls on square it's like 1500 dollars a month passively whether it goes up or down um, how many shares does he have a hundred yeah, you have to have at least a hundred to sell covered calls. Um, That's what I was asking. Square, square. Uh, we propose a solution that does not re- rely on a federation to control permission or access to the network. 
nor does it dictate the level of trust required between counterparties. There is no governance token. Instead, the TBDEX protocol allows participants to negotiate trust directly with each other or mutually and voluntarily rely on trusted third parties to vouch for the counterparty. Uh, so it's, I think what people are saying where it's not completely decentralized, oh God, uh, but, but it's quasi decentralized, but Twitter and Dorsey and company and Square have this whole push for decentralized stuff. And it's very interesting. So my thinking process is as the internet and web evolves into less siloed and more decentralized people and peer to peer are bigger companies that have made their stake in the modern day technology era, which is very into only a few companies. Will they go more transparent as a company? Will there be more decentralized stuff and blockchain stuff where you can see everything? Will companies become less secretive? I don't know. Whatever makes more money. Yeah, that's what you said last time. But I mean, as web evolves, I would, I would assume that it goes certain ways in the past where you got to be at least somewhat dipped into the new current it'll be interesting to see <clears throat> 40 50 years from now which companies exist still on the top because as the past says top companies die off pretty easily and aren't on the top of the markets anymore but this might change that crypto.com arena heard of it crypto crypto oh freaking freaking <laughs> Did you see that Westbrook thing, man? No. So Russell Westbrook is on, is on the Lakers now, and he's from LA. Yeah. And a reporter was like, uh, he said some. The audio was horrible, by the way. They couldn't get any other audio, but there was like a, a ringing. Uh, the reporter was talking to Russell Westbrook, and he was saying uh, something about Crypto.com Arena. And Russell Westbrook was like, "You said Crypto Arena?" <laughs> and he's like, "No, no, Crypto.com." And Russell Westbrook was like, "Oh, okay." Crypto. I honestly thought maybe perhaps Coinbase Stadium or something along the lines. Coinbase isn't marketing for sports as heavy as FTX or Crypto.com or these other people, unless I haven't seen it. But I haven't seen a Coinbase sports marketing. And also $700 million for that. Seems low, right? 20 years. Seems low right? For 20 years, dude. Like, for staples. Like, Amazon literally could have sneezed and been like, just call it Amazon Arena. Fuck it. YOLO. I'm not sure crypto.com's capital situation. I'm also not sure of like, I think it was, is it AEG that is, is, is like brokering the deal somehow? Let me see. Yeah, they own it. They own the stadium. Also, who the fuck uses crypto.com? Some people. Some people. It's, it's definitely up there. It's probably more I've like heard a, of it. It's, it's kind of like a medium user. Uh, their coin people like to speculate on and it definitely ran up as people got into that in 20 years will we be using dot com a lot dot com or, or will we be like why do we call it that uh, like, let's just change it to crypto dot eth arena or some shit well eth, eth that dot eth thing is in a website dude right it's it's only it only it's only a plug to an address at oh, first I don't know. we didn't talk about that either um uh, so ENS, 
I forget if that's an acronym for something, but ENS is a, is a place where people can buy .eth domains. And <clears throat> they had an airdrop. <coughs> and they had an airdrop for their coin for people who bought an address before a certain date. And it, it ran up kind of a lot. And people were buying a lot of domains. Because it was really easy to buy a domain and people could like intuitively like think about that. They're like, oh, I know what a .com is. I've, I've seen GoDaddy. See how GoDaddy marketing, by the way, they've yeah, been like they turned it around, but not even that. I'm saying they've implanted GoDaddy into people's brains over like two decades with tits, but then they changed it. But like people always knew about it. Um, so people bought these .eth domains, but it, it's just like you can type in bond.eth instead of a big mask address, and you can, and that that's your address domain. Uh, I wonder what people are gonna say when they say, "Oh, I'm going." Are they say, "I'm going to crypto," because now they say, oh, "I'm going to Staples." I'm gonna go check out. The nah, no, I'm saying anyone who's been to Staples, it's okay. Anyone who's buying tickets and has bought tickets, like like season ticket holders, they won't say crypto arena. They'll they'll say Staples. Yeah, they're gonna say crypto arena. They're no, gonna, you yes, think- they will. It's gonna be it's gonna be fast, dude. They're gonna change that sign in less than a month. Every they're, you're not gonna see staples anywhere inside. They're gonna change all the fucking paint. Season ticket, okay. Long term Lakers fans are gonna call it Crypto Arena. Yeah, with literally within the year. You think so? Because then you're gonna start walking around and people are gonna be like, "What the fuck is Staples Center?" You know, it's gonna be fast. I think for the layman, sure, sure, sure. Because it does happen once people like uh, like Oracle for the Warriors and they change the Chase in San Francisco. I, the the I, Okay. Sorry, go go for it. I've been going to Staples Center since 1999. <laughs> you already called Crypto Arena. I'm literally already looking at it. I'm like, when are they going to change this shit? <laughs> like, it, it, it will look dated cooler. already. It will look cooler than Staples. Like, I, for a certain amount of my life, I didn't uh, equate Staples to like the Staples retail brand. Yeah. yeah. And then when I did, it was a little less cool. There's a Staples down the street from Staples Center. It's literally said it had like a sign on it for like the past five years. Everything must go ninety percent off. Like oh man, but seven hundred yeah. mil for twenty years. I think it might even be forty. Let me let me check real quick. I think it's twenty, but also why 20, so low? Twenty five years. Seven seven hundred or seventy. Hold on, let me. Let me let me let me. Sorry, that's like an owner. I don't know what AG stands for. It's prime oh, ass real estate. Um, a 20 year agreement. It takes effect December 25th. The good old Crip Arena. Don't kill me. I'm not affiliated. Um, Bryant Stadium. Bryant Stadium, you know, but they, I don't know. What, what's Kobe Bryant's family network? It's like they just had a $600 million deal. So I'm sure they could have scraped together some cash. Um, let me just confirm real quick. Staple, okay, Staples was built in 1999 for 375 million. Um, I, I can't find the. I think they're just gonna say, okay, yeah, we're gonna go check out. We're gonna go see uh, Bruno Mars thematic crypto at the crypto. Maybe they'll see the crypto. Oh, they're gonna say no, they're not. They might. I'm gonna start that. I, I'd, I'd say at the crypto. Yeah. Oh, that sounds so fucking cool, bro. But then, then we just wanted to say the crypt, bro. It's gonna be a whole thing, dude. Nah. The murder numbers are gonna go up, dude. It's very easy to say the crypt. You think you, they might say the there's crypt. a whole new market 
for for gang affiliation with with buying crypto.com dude if, speaking if, if, of if crypto.com uh, really wanted to to market themselves they'd get into the gang the gang game the crypto dude i can't believe the weekend's playing the crypto tonight bro is he playing the Greek or the crypto? Oh, the Greek's too small. He's at the crypto. They moved it from the crypto to the Rose Bowl. The crypto didn't have enough seats. Uh, what was I going to say? Speaking of venues, venue talk, <laughs> guess what closed? No. Don't tell the me. E- the Echo. Oh. Really? Yeah. Couldn't pay the lease. Rent was too high. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah. It was in the LA Times. Wow. Well, rip the Echo, dude. Let's see if I can get a headline. That was a cool little venue uh that's interesting i mean you can't do like anything else with it like i guess they were they're on hard times since like 2020 probably but yeah but shows are going hard right now honestly maybe like fucking live nation well well they are getting sued for two billion so maybe they don't have that much money anymore What's up live nation oh you didn't hear Let's the hear travis scott lawsuit is oh, that, that, that. hot how's that live nation uh live nation organized the event okay so then how's that they, travis scott they're they organized it for Travis Scott. And but so Travis different. Scott in the lawsuit, Travis Scott, Live Nation, Drake, Apple Music are all being sued. And who is, Drake, because he was on stage. Who's the opposite of defendant? Uh, like defendant means who, who's suing? Like 300 people okay. that got hurt. Oh, I'd get in there. I'd get yeah. In there. Yeah. My, Literally my just... Elbow, let me like get. I, I, I bought a ticket, but I couldn't make it. But I'm gonna still slide in there. Let me get like at least, at least, give me like 30k. So yeah, Apple Music speaks sued because they were streaming the event. But my I thing is, though, my kid died there. I mean, I'd, I'd mourn a little bit, but I'd be like, come on, can I get something? What about all the artists that performed before Travis Scott <laughs> that were building up the crowd? I saw, I saw point? Drake. <laughs> Dude, that defense was crazy. I would, I would love to be in that courtroom to see what, because I mean. Is there a liability? There's probably something in that in that ticket that says no one's liable for anything. I would assume there is a thing actually on the ticket that says it said something about like injury or something like we're not responsible for injury, but it didn't say anything about death. Yeah, that I feel like is not possible. But apparently the uh, the venue Are only has twenty five million dollars of insurance. Uh-huh. So who knows how much. Live Nation and Travis Scott ass. Uh, it was thirty or three hundred. The the uh, people. Yeah, I think it was three hundred people. No, no, the dollar amount. Two billion. Uh that's more than three hundred. Yeah, Kylie's like, all right, go get my purse. <laughs> Here, Travis. God dang it, dude. <laughs> Just pay me back. <laughs> See, that's a healthy, that's a healthy, you know, that's just, you got a healthy, your girl outdid you, bro. I mean, she's not even, they're not even married though. So she could just be uh, like, peace. Maybe, maybe it is unhealthy. <laughs> um, what was I going to fucking say? So like, yo, like, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but those people are going to get a fat payday for sure. It's going to be interesting. I would, I would assume that lawyers of a venue said, Hey, if you die, you can't sue us. Yeah. That'd be the first two things I'd write as a non-lawyer writing a contract. Like, hey, injury, not us. Death, not us, please. I wonder who's going to be the most at fault. I would say. That's interesting, too. The venue, bro. Live Nation, the venue. But the venue's not in charge. Okay, the venue's in charge of, like, the infrastructure (laughs) of the venue, but the venue didn't oversell the tickets. I think that was Was it oversold? Yeah. Uh, Ah. That's going to be fun. I hope people 
still follow that with headlines because I don't know if I'm going to be searching that off the top. I don't think Travis Scott himself will be in as much trouble as people think he will. No, I think the, the suing the artist, I, I think, is pretty asinine. He's just going to make the statement, unless, oh, people pass out at all my shows. How was I supposed to know? Unless, someone, unless Travis said, everybody rush the front, which if he did, I think that's the case probably. There was a thing too, which definitely didn't help. Before we went down, there was a countdown going on. So everybody's rushing to the front of the stage, yeah. trying to just kill the poor, poor children at the front. That, that does happen either way though. Like if he starts going, if, it, if, if people hear the music, that's in essence the countdown. That could have easily happened at Flogna that one year. It did. <laughs> there was, there was, there was a, a comp- uh, compression during the... the <laughs> Yeah, no one died. <laughs> no one died, but there was there was the the phenomenon of the crowd compression at the front, and they had to stop for a second. They're like, "Yo, you guys are crushing people." <laughs> at least they stopped. I was also. I think it was just before them, or like they did it in the beginning. But I was, bro. I was moshing. I was going hard. That was my first. That was my first uh, Brock Hampton thing. I was. I think I was a little older than everybody, and I was going hard, bro. It was time to go. It was Brock Hampton. Let's get it. I saw a video of a girl. She climbed up the camera thing to try to tell the camera guy to stop the show. Huh? And everybody's giving the camera guy shit. And I'm like, dude, like, there's no possible way in hell a cameraman could stop the show. He probably has a radio that's connected to the other camera people. The only <laughs> one that can stop the show is the sound guy. He just has to turn off the sound. <laughs> and then the, someone would turn on the house lights. But like, camera yeah. guy has no control. Lights doesn't have a lot of... Uh cloud either because then the sound's still going everybody just gets buck in the dark and that's dangerous too because what if people riot that's true, that's true. where's the music you know like that though you know it happened with drake at flog and i want to keep going and keep going let's go oh my god what if that happen? what if kids just climb onto the stage and just start staring dude, shit down? Dude. where's frank ocean the uh the uh if you make a uh a meme a meme stitch of like of, of like a, the video of the Travis Scott concert, and then you stitch it with Drake at Flogna saying, "What's up, y'all? Want to keep going?" Or what? Ooh, I will keep going tonight. What's? <laughs> hey, oh, man. I missed that drop. Shout out the intro. Shout out the intro. I'll, I'll get the drops going next week. Next week we got we got like a therapy guy. I didn't really reach out to him, but he wanted to be on the pod, and he seemed kind of interesting. It'll yeah, be interesting. I have some stuff to get off my chest. It's going to be interesting. That'd be dope though. If you, I mean, like what's the, uh, what's, uh, what's some, what's some, some emotional stuff we could take. That'd be emotional. like, Hey, uh, why don't men like to go to therapy? That's a good question. You know, we, question. Can, we can, we can dive into that. Okay. 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 Be like, Hey, uh, I want to go to therapy, but I'm afraid my homies are going to make fun of me. Um, mm. what's another thing I can do help? short of suicide that'll help me. That? Where does that come from? You know? It just comes from, you know, just the, the masculine urge to be macho, to have it all together. Sure, sure, sure. But sometimes, sometimes I just want to hug, you know? Doesn't being so powerful that you walk into therapy and have no pre-reservations make you more powerful? Have no pre-reservations? Of like, oh, I don't, I'm saying I, I, I need to, to talk to some people about some emotions. Doesn't that make you more macho because you did it? I guess. I guess so. Heck yeah, dude. And that's why we're having this therapy. I forget his name, but I'll see you right now. Yeah, so uh, his name's Sam you just, Red. You, you're just raised, and like your entire life, your parents were like, "Therapy's for locos." 
<laughs> and I'm just like, you, you, you're freaking crazy, dude. What you're you fucking crazy. You know what? Just pray about it. Dude, dude just no, just no son of mine is going to go to some kind of mental couch hospital. Fucking someone on TikTok was like, therapy should be free. And the comments were like, yep. These people got to like sit through <laughs> all these issues. And you want them to do it for free? Like, that's, fuck that's, off. Yeah, Plus the like fact. eight years of school you got to go to. Bro, I could probably out therapize somebody that has gone to eight school, eight years of school for therapy. Oh, you think so? I think so, so man. So if I came to you and I just talked about how my uncle's been molesting me for 15 years, and because yeah. of it, I can't like connect with anybody. Like no, I, I'm just super anxious all the time. You tell me how to deal with that. I mean, yeah, man. It all just goes back to push-ups in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> just get two meals a day in at least. You just okay. You gotta you know walk it off. Okay. All right, maybe there's a little more planning into it than just listening and being like, hey, man, you just got to have positive thoughts in the present. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I think, it, think it's a lot deeper than that. There's a little more protocol, but that's what it goes back to, you know? I think it's, honestly, I think that's a, a gross oversimplification <laughs> of some of the issues that people deal with. Oh, just think positive, bro. Maybe it, it goes back to my, uh, my blind spot for uh, other people's scenarios. <laughs> I swear, I was in that, I was in that, it was really like eye-opening and it was like what dude when i was in that ladies night thing and it's not just to pinpoint it on females it's just people who aren't on tech savvy but they're like yeah dude, it's just not intuitive and i was like oh yeah it's not intuitive for people yeah fuck but also like yeah and some other people said it was a, it was a, a dude that said said in response to basically which you know neither here nor there but it was like well you gotta research <laughs> like you gotta read yeah like, like at some point like you just gotta read <laughs> that's what yeah, the dude, do. people don't people just don't want to do it dude like i i, I made a tiktok talking about web3 and then somebody made a comment they were like oh so the money the staking and the money's just going gonna go back to the powerful hands like it is now and i commented yeah but the fact that you're watching this right now is an opportunity for you to like go research and learn and invest in something. And then the guy commented, nah, I'm good. So it's like, all right. <laughs> you got, oh God. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot that's of the thing too, of, of people talking about like, were you aware that uh, the constitution DAO? Yeah, no. So there, there was a DAO that's really interesting. You should go deep into it because it's an interesting DAO and it goes to different places. The DAO is a decentralized autonomous organization where people vote on things. It's pretty basically like pure democracy <laughs> besides money things kind of. Um, but Sotheby's was auctioning like a copy of the constitution or something um, or the constitution. I don't know. And they were pulling together money to buy it. <clears throat> and this, this, uh, I think he was a banker, but this guy, it was, uh, I think it was like 38 mil perhaps. And, they, and he just outbid him. Right. And he's, probably just like a fiat guy he's probably a some some banker right and and people like are that's what people don't like in certain sects and sectors of like life and, and crypto community but i'm not like against that yeah like it also is the same it's the same but it's different it. you know it's it's same what it's the same, but it's different. Sure. It's I, a, I, yeah, I okay. Agree. Capitalism 
like what america has now is a very it's like a just a a guarded capitalism (laughs) it's not it's not very free and it's very it's based on credit and and that's what happens with a a third stage of a money that's fiat (laughs) and but like people are very anti that and i'm also kind of scared like and and this is a, a lot of people do enjoy this in crypto but like it's also a like pretty direct attack on America's stake of money in the world, and that shakes me a little bit. It's kind of like, uh, how do I explain it? It's like you keep the good parts of capitalism, like you know the voting and the opportunity to like be a part of something bigger, and then like. A lot of the shitty parts, like the secret control, the government influence, are like kind of not there. Yeah, kind of. But yes. But you know, everything we talk about right now is speculation. There's a really cool Charles Hoskinson clip when he was on the Lex Friedman podcast talking about evolving incentives of capitalism, uh, where right now it's very short term and individual based. And if you skew that towards long term, long term, propping things up in the future and balancing that with short term, you have an overall better world. And he says that crypto is kind of the the, the only way to do that. Um, which is interesting. I do think you have to evolve incentives a little bit towards long term because people just don't think about most things long term, even with like a government like. A government like China, which seems like very long-term plans, but like climate stuff is not there for them. So that's like, you know, a thing. But it's easy. Someone said, some rich guy said, <laughs> poor people think short-term, rich people think long-term. And yeah, I also think that's. Think. I also think that's kind of baked into like American society because a lot of people wanted to make factory workers. And I think, especially with people, maybe more so, and maybe not with crypto at all, but like people propping up long-term stuff. And like, that's how, <laughs> that's how the, the incumbent like wealth of bankers and, and finance and real estate innately think they think long-term. So that quote unquote underbelly that is now more and more and more accessible to people via the internet and some good personalities on the internet. I think should want people to change that um, because that the short term just isn't, it's not where it's at. It is kind of hard to think long term if you're living paycheck to paycheck. It is. So give them that. Some guy was like a trick to help with that is to try to think in quarters instead of weeks and months. Mm. Q1, Q2, Q3, Q4. Just doing that, dude. That would change your mindset. But yeah, that's always a thing too. But that's, that's also, like I said, baked into what at least america i'm not sure other societies um but to keep that rat wheel going for middle class to to be buying things and 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 working on things um i guess using credit it's really weird to me man like i wasn't super up on like just the theory of credit until like maybe college-ish and not, not even like the like the interaction like the tech stuff just literally buying things on credit and I just, I had never had a credit card, so the thought wasn't in my mind. 
But when credit was in my mind, I was like, okay, I, I don't have this money. Like, why would I buy something that I can't afford? Yeah. And other people would be like, all right, this is free money. I'm going to go buy things I can't afford. Yeah. On a retail that, thing. I'm sure there's like, you know, real estate. That's, uh, all that, when I, cause when I first got a credit card, that's how I thought. I thought, oh, a thousand bucks free money yeah. for show, dude. And then my dad was like, yo, what the hell are you doing, son? Why is your credit score zero? <laughs> but no one like, ever, no one ever taught me that. I don't think. I yeah. Like, like nobody, like, I feel like most people don't know. They don't teach it in school. Yeah. Like you kind of got to get lucky to meet someone that'll like tell you. And honestly, I preached to all my friends. None of them listen. So I'm sure people here, they just don't care. But like, I'm thinking there has to be someone that at least like said to me, or maybe I just like looked up what credit was or someone explained it perhaps, but like, it's pretty like, I think it, like, you don't know, that's not money, my guy. <laughs> that, but that, yeah. what's also funny is though, in, in America, Fiat, that is literally creating money. When you realize that like every, well, you look around and you think, wow, most things around that I look at, all this real estate, all these businesses were created with credit, with leverage, yeah. then you're, you're like, okay, like, then it starts to make sense because nobody's going to reach That's into your pocket and like build a building. You know, they're going to fucking leverage it somehow, even if they have the money, you know, they're just going to mm -hmm. get a loan to raise their credit so that they can do it again in the future. Bring in other people's money. Don't even touch theirs. That creates more wealth. It's literally how people. money is created. Which it's is like, it's, 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 it's a, it's a link. Now that I like, cause I don't have a lot of money. But now that I like know all this stuff and I'm like, okay, now I can create a blueprint. I'm, I'm never like, I'm going to be poor. You know, if I run out of money, I, I'll just hopefully like I'm healthy enough to work and shit. I'll just work, save up and then fucking invest, build a business, whatever, have a plan. But I'm never going to be in the mindset where I'm like living paycheck to paycheck like I was like two, three years ago. You know, I think that's just like a knowledge wall people that are thinking of that and, and i don't know i've other people have different scenarios but i think if people have knowledge of stuff and like you said that language then that, it at least shoves like a degree off from what on the track that they're seemingly stuck on because like you kind of you, you kind of feel like oh damn i'm stuck but if you have knowledge of different paths 50 bucks a month a week you can put into something else at least it makes you feel somewhat good <laughs> at least it gives you a little like proverbial carrot delaying gratification is good too yeah yeah you just you know you come to my therapy class that's all i'll say you know it's like sure you I got molested really but like happy ending today or can it wait <laughs> pleasure myself at home for free so <laughs> i'm saying that too i think i think uh some of my like family is innately like uh, frugal and like stingy so i think that some of that has been part of my delayed gratification stuff but like i've like kind of skewed that in my own thing of just like i don't need that dude. <laughs> yeah that's, that's kind of been my mindset for a little but i also have to skew the frugality a little bit towards return it's not it's not a crippling frugality but just you know you got to balance everything. Money. I got a couple tabs open. 
Um, I think I actually don't. Apple ID for state. Do you know about that off top? Is that coming out? You put your uh, ID on your phone? Yeah, they announced it, I think, a couple months ago, maybe. Yeah, they said they're going to roll it out for... CNBC got a hold of contracts signed by Georgia, Arizona, Oklahoma, and Kentucky and found that Apple will maintain tight control over its deployment. And it is users participating in participating states digitally store their driver's license or state IDs on their iPhone's wallet. I would like to point out that this is just a small roadmap for Apple to take over everything crypto. Is your vaccine card on your what? Me? Uh, yeah. No. Some people have it. I don't know hey, man, you finna get a booster? No. <sighs> right? I also, like, I also have to think, like... Don't even care. I, I did always... The reason I got it was, like, fam, being around family. But, like, it uh, feels a little dirty to me. I will say that I, like, a lot of me getting the vaccine was kind of, like, social pressure. It's, like, yeah. if all I need is the first couple shots to do stuff fucking whatever if i get fucking covid whatever bro i still i still did it for close one's sake but i don't know yeah i might i might not but there'll there'll be some family pressure yeah they're starting to fire people at my job that i get both sides but like dang that's that's something man yeah i I get it I can see both sides, like Chanel, you know? And I work at this, uh, work for this guy's bar, and he's like, ah, the state's gonna make me check vaccines. Or, yeah. Uh, and he's very, like, against it. He's like, I don't want to deal with this shit, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. It is, it is putting a, a big load on businesses as well. Yeah. Mr. Cardone was talking about that with Dorian. I still gotta watch that. I saw clips. You know, you, you only need the clips, baby. No, I'm sure it's a, a great full interview. They were they like, are they just buddies now? Dude, just me, me him, and just <laughs> you, 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 him and Grant just chilling. Yeah, dude. Just a, dude. There's a there's a guy called uh, Billy Jean. He does marketing, um, and I think he had either like a mock cover of a book or just an actual book. Uh, he, he's a black dude, and the title was was Rich White People Secrets, uh-huh. and he posted it on Instagram. And Cardone uh, commented, "Did you interview me?" <laughs> I thought that was funny. The first Grand Cardone clip I ever saw was oh, something no. along the lines of why you shouldn't smoke marijuana. <laughs> and then oh, I, oh, I just think that of dude outside, bro. Yeah, that might be my my one of my early Cardone clips too. And I just I agree with you. Fucking Dorian chiefing up our living room, bro. It's never <laughs> been that box. I've never yeah. seen it that box ever. <laughs> but okay, but also there could be a whole nother like level. That Dorian could have if he didn't smoke, you know? Maybe. I think <laughs> I don't know. I don't like I don't want to speculate on the man's life, but he's but in his mid thirties. I think for, he knows what works for him. For a, a, a business person that succeeds in enterprises but also smokes weed. So not just Dorian. Yeah, I so like I smoke weed. And I also, do think Grant Cardone is a freaking drug addict, so <laughs> was he? Yeah. Like real drugs, like token shit. I don't know. I'm, I'm assuming some some white stuff. But okay, he, well, he was talking about that. He was like, "Yeah, I I, I channeled my addiction into money." <laughs> if you do coke, don't tell me not to smoke weed. <laughs> that's that's my thing. Oh, that's funny. 
That's yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that specifically, but he was, I think he said it on, on one of those clips or another clip where he's like, yeah, I, I transferred my addictive personality into like real estate, <laughs> which also um, I think is a channel, a, a branch of like sexual transmission of sexual energy. Why does, real, why does it seem like there's such a high barrier to entry in real estate that everybody makes, makes it, it seem so easy? Oh yeah, I just bought this fixer upper with $5,000. All I had to do was trudging it. Yeah, dude. And no credit. It's like, how, where? That's what I'm saying. There, there, was, there was one dude that I was listening to. He was like, I think he said like 30K into a million. And I was like, where did you start that? Like rural Texas in 1950? I don't like I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> but there's other things like I don't know. Maybe maybe if you put in just like the reading hours like like you do with other things on like just real estate specific cuz it is seemingly very boring. Maybe it's like uh like it's because everything starts off hard and there's difficulties but then after you're yeah. like four or five properties it's so easy you yeah, don't remember sure. how hard it was so you're just sure. like you know. That's the same thing with like you're blind to the accessibility things that you've overcome. I saw this uh, tick the stitch. This girl was crying about how difficult it is to live because she's poor. And then it goes to this guy sitting in a Lamborghini and he's talking about, you know, money's in everything, you know? <laughs> family, relationships, fucking blind spots. Dude. Yeah, I was like, bro, like you're right, but you just don't get it. Dude. <laughs> like, it's, it's a different unhappiness because you're probably, hungry. It's, it's, the- <laughs> Because you hard. don't know where you're gonna live next month. It's 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 quite hard to uh to enterprise with a with an empty stomach, you know. But then some people have done it too. So you know who am I? When I'm rich, I'm gonna definitely gonna be that guy that's like, hey, you're right. Being poor sucks. Being poor is shit. Buy my course. <laughs> buy my course. I can't guarantee you'll make money, but I'll I mean, make money. You bought it. <laughs> I think there's a, there's another white uh, salt and pepper haired guy. That I that I did get from Dorian as well, who's more like a, I think he made a software company I believe, but the the clips the content he posts is very um, mentorship like, a little different vein, than like a Cardone. Um, but it's it's kind of just very like motivational, esque, but still like actionable. Um, I think like if you do that and you have a position of wealth and power, it helps a lot of people. It's still kind of vague and stuff, but like, you can be like, "Hey, man, just fuck. Come on, what are we doing here?" Hey, man, put down the pipe. That's that's what it always goes back to. It's like, "Hey, man, hold on, hold on, take a breath. Hold on, what are you doing right now? Come on, what are we doing?" Hey, man, do you really need to open Pornhub at six a.m., bro? So I'm saying, <laughs> you want to you want to fire up the dopamine factory right now that hard? That's just gonna like, that's just gonna put a shadow over your whole day. It li- literally chemically, it, it will yeah. put a shadow over your whole day. Holy shit. When you're making love to your wife tonight, you're going to be thinking about that 19-year-old Latina on Pornhub. I was talking about chemically, but sure, sure, sure. Oh. <laughs> that is the yeah. thing, though. In the morning, I saw from content, uh, the thing that fires your dopamine off top, that's what your brain's going to want to get throughout the day. And if you don't reach that place again, then it gets a little a little down. I was... Okay, I was... uh. Here, here, here's a here's a low dopamine example and a high dopamine example that I experienced recently, and they were pretty close together. So I, I was like, 
wow, this is, these are so different. Low dopamine example. When I'm out with my friend Chris and he's out trying to impress people in Hollywood and like trying to make fake friends and like dragging me on, that's a low dopamine example for me. Like I'm very not happy. Yeah. Like very not enjoying my time. Yeah. High dopamine example. I was playing bongos last night with this old man. It was, that was probably the happiest I've been in a while. The homie? Yeah. We were just jamming. That's a, that's a solid that's a solid high dopamine thing dude. yeah i was like dude like when this guy's gone i'm gonna in the spot this dude? moment yeah yeah there's a there he, but, but when, he playing that, when he's playing those videos when we were doing a tour back in the day and he, he had those those videos of old just like music playing i was uh-huh. like bro, i want to kick it with guys so bad he's cool he's fucking <laughs> oh man learn from him as much as possible man yeah he's a he's a cool guy he's, he's real chill he's like any progress God, these people just don't get it man all these all these groups are always from mexico they think they can just do whatever they want you know like you i have the bring, same problem <laughs> you can't bring three thousand people into a venue of 500 the fire department's gonna oh, shut it down you know sick, dude. that's even fun it's like any progress with that uh right now i'm just working there on the weekends oh, just learning the ropes it's oh, pretty, oh, just so straight far. cash straight cash just paid uh, I work with everybody there speaks Spanish. So my Spanish has, has increased tremendously because so we're just getting yelled at in Spanish. Um, there's a couple of people that work there. They're all old. There's one lady. She's really cool. She's probably in her fifties. And we've just been talking about Bitcoin. She's trying to learn. Ah, <laughs> uh, dude, please. I, I need, I need her psychology, man. Is she a tech lady or no? No, she just, just a simple, just a simple lady. 50. 50 is also not super old, but she's not super old. She's she's really chill. She's like, is she into like? Does she have an iPhone? She's just like an Android. Like I don't know. I don't think she has like any kids or anything. So why did she, why? So how'd she get into Bitcoin? Oh no, I was talking to her about it. Yep, yep, yep. So I was like, I just asked her. I was like, hey, have you heard of Bitcoin? She's like, oh, I keep seeing it everywhere, but I don't really know. Can you explain it? And yeah. like, we just talk. I, I, I'm 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 percolating a product. That is that is age based. That uh-huh. will hopefully onboard people in mass, and so I'm very into learning friction for both for for non tech savvy people and older people and younger people. Yeah, a lot of old people are uh, not a lot, but a couple calling me, inquiring how. But they they learn from younger, familiar people usually. Even Coinbase is too difficult for some people. I think that's the easiest way to purchase. Besides, I haven't even gone through in a while. Actually, maybe PayPal's the easiest, but I don't like telling people to buy on PayPal. PayPal's interesting. Or Robinhood. I mean, Cash App, bro. Cash App's kind of friction for for people, but like that's. Can you send it out though? Maybe not. But I mean, at some point. That's your first baby step. Yeah. I'm because sure. then I feel like, okay, I'm just literally teaching them how to buy a stock. Like, it's no different, you know? At some point, you are kind of just teaching people about money. Yeah. That's also the differentiation of, of teaching people about cryptocurrency and blockchain. Like, cryptocurrency, you you're bas- you have to, like, explain money. And even people who know what money is barely know what money is. And then blockchain's attack that's it yeah 
exciting times education pretty cool man gonna read things get to see a new invention of the internet this is probably one of the first times in history you can make a lot of money being a teacher i mean you could not a traditional teacher teaching like let's say you're just really passionate about math and you're a math teacher your high school students don't respect you you make forty five thousand dollars a year and then you're like you know fuck these bitches i'm gonna start making youtube videos about math and tiktoks and shit and a course and then bam 100 grand a month mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know obviously it's harder than that but that's <laughs> all you gotta do it's all you gotta do just bam you know i love it dude. just say bam just have a have a good community it, it's also very everything's very community based now man it's very fun if you have that community building skill uh you can go a lot of places which is basically just marketing Right. Anything else, man, you've been thinking about? That's dope. You got to be freaking working at that homie's club, dude. It's cool. I don't like it when I'm driving there, but when I'm there, it's not that bad. But just, I mean, it's it's the first like chapter of that or like paragraph of that chapter. Yeah. Uh, I'm just like seeing how he runs it. Super old school. He's so old school it's like he's having trouble like (laughs) he's having trouble ordering beer because he used to do it like manually right and now they're like yo we're gonna use the internet now to order he's like fuck i don't want to put my information in the computer and so he's like here here's some money go to the store and find the cheapest beer you can find so he's not the cheapest a trust thing with with tech kind of okay he's like 80 something trust um difficulty maybe men trust I'm trying to get him on that Uber. He's like, oh, I don't like driving at night. My eyes are bad. I'm like, bro, like you should not be driving at night. <laughs> like, let me, please, That's please awesome. let me put Uber on your phone. Try, try to record some interactions. Okay. That'll, that'll be a, a good little memento in the future. Yeah, I should. Okay. Any books, dude? Any books, any books, any books, any books, any books, any books, any books. I have no idea. Actually, I, I do have some new book recommendations that I've, my, my favorite thing to ask now is, is, uh, Two book recommendations. I forgot to do his his rapid fire thing for Ethan. Two book. The two is interesting because they think about like, oh, I have one, but they don't see the other one. Two book recommendations. Two places on the internet to research, uh, or maybe two things, and then something else I forgot. But that two book recommendation, it's classic. Two book. Um, there's something. The Bible, that, book of Matthew, <laughs> um, the Quran, the book. book uh let me see what some of these people said go read the future gold rush by ethan turr definitely that's my number one it's really it's gonna i might have to edit out discussing the book watching his name um there's some some math things kind of um one book shape the hidden geometry of information dot 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 is pretty interesting uh someone recommended the kabbalion k-y-b-a-l-i-o-n i think it's about like occult stuff though um and then one more was a book named i got a couple man seneca shortness of life world and representation by arthur uh 
future is faster than you think in the case for space some books i haven't read i haven't even looked up their cover but if anyone listening might enjoy um uh what you got what do i got still kind of reading the same stuff um yeah my my book intake is is lacking i've been trying to do a thing i I did this thing because this guy on YouTube said he does it and it helps him. Or like he sets a t- an alarm for 10 and no matter what he's doing, he'll read for 10 minutes. But every time my alarm goes off, I'm at work. Like I'm doing something. So I'm just like, shit, this isn't working. 10 a.m.? 10 at night. Oh. Yeah. That I have to, I have to hack that a little bit too. And I'm pretty able to do it. But um, it's like 10, like a couple of pages every on the hour perhaps. Yeah, he says ninety percent of the time he reads more than that, but just the act of getting started is the hard part. Yeah, I'm always literally like pouring as someone a cerveza or mm. doing something else. Maybe just need a little one-page book. One page. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Enjoy yourselves. Be great. Peace. Please be great.